Golden Spiral Media presents The Devil You Know, a Constantine podcast. Episode 1, Non Est Asylum, the premiere. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Devil You Know, a Constantine podcast. I'm Tony Caselli. And I'm the Joseph Settlemeyer You Know. And we are the podcaster hosts you know here at The Devil You Know. So we're here to talk about the premiere episode, which happened just this Friday, October 24th, 2014, the premiere episode of Constantine on NBC. We loved it. It had a great, perfect timing for Halloween sort of feel to it. Yeah, I'm so thought- excited that it's here. Right? And it just makes total sense. I love that the next episode is on Halloween proper. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Right. So um, some wonderful stuff. Let's start out, Joe, with the news segment. News, 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 news. We actually have a segment we're going to play, but I'm going to keep that. No, we're going to keep the news, 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 news. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Um... So the first bit of news, uh, the premiere happened, and Constantine did pretty well in the ratings. Against the World Series! Against the World Series. It wasn't outstanding. Variety and a few other places called it very solid. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got uh, 4.3 million viewers. It's got a nice lead-in from Grimm, which I think is a great idea of putting those two shows together. Very solid. nice little little block. It's a nice little supernatural block. Absolutely. Uh, 1.4 in the 18 to 49 demographic which apparently is okay. We'll see. I don't know that many 18 to 24-year-olds. That's that's now 18 to 49-year-olds. Did that's I say 24? I don't remember. It's close. But it, <laughs> I didn't get in the theater to do math. Fair enough. They said it was a 90% retention of the same demographic from Grimm, which that's is great. exactly what you want. That's great, yep. You know, the two, I think, are going to go really well together. Most places... Um, uh, Variety and TV Line and and Entertainment Weekly and some of those places, you know, they all put reviews out and most of the reviews were decent. Yep, not necessarily raves, although there were a couple, but they weren't they weren't pans either. And believe me, as someone who reads a lot of these reviews, these papers are not afraid to pan something. Right. No, and a lot of them. I mean, it seemed like about a B. You yeah, know, I would agree with that. A average, solid B, which is okay because that's about how I felt. In I did honesty. too. And I was glad to see that a lot. A lot of people took into account that it's a pilot, mm-hmm. which is a challenge. Yep. You know, uh, a lot of exposition, a lot of stuff to try and establish. A lot of setup, absolutely. You have to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you go and read uh, some of the reviews, or then, you know, the, the death knell of any subject is reading the comment sections oh. <laughs> on literally any website on the interweb tubes. Uh, but Bad idea. You, you hear a lot of people complaining pacing or this or that and different, you know. Mm-hmm. I f- agreed it felt a little rushed, but there was a lot crammed into it. They, that's a very common pilot episode dilemma. Absolutely. Especially considering that they, you know, were asked to invest in a character who disappears by the end of the first episode. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, that's, a, that's, a tricky, that's a tricky gear to shift into. Yeah. And that's, I guess, the other part of the news, and we talked about this before, is that next week we get a little more of who is going to be the official cast, yes. uh, Angelica Salea, as Zed. Uh, right. We which, see her for just a split second at the very end of the first episode, yeah. but we're going to see a lot more of her. Yeah. 
So really great variety, specifically called it uh, solid despite going up against the World Series. So I'll take that for a premiere. I'm looking forward right. to seeing where it goes. You know? Well, one of the things that I found like, I'm very hopeful as I was doing a little research. and I oh, was yeah, reading you have a, other news stuff, I right? do. I was reading a great interview with uh, Daniel Cerrone, who is the co-executive producer and co-creator of the show. And one of the things he talked, he answered a question that I think has been on a lot of our minds, which is, look. What const- was up with Counselor Troy's accent in Next Generation? Oh, God. Question mark was the answer. It's almost as baffling as her hairdo. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Deanna Troy. Please, please don't hate us. Don't kill us with your empathic powers. Star Trek nerd jokes. Okay, back uh, to Constantine. <laughs> back to Constantine. Uh, Daniel Cerrone answered a question that I think a lot of us have been wondering about, which is, look. Hellblazer, the comic book that Constantine comes from, was in DC's Vertigo adult line. It uh, did not shy away from the dark and the dirty. Right. And a lot of people are wondering, how much are you going to be able to get away with on network television doing the show? And he said, look, obviously it's a balancing act. It's something we've got to try and work on. That being said, he said, every single script that they have given to uh, the studio, the studio has said, go further, push it farther. And that gives me a lot of hope uh, the, you know, the, sh- the show that I keep thinking of is Hannibal it is a show that I adore. It's delicious. Um, oh, Lord, <laughs> but that's another, again, a network television show, the stuff that they get away with on that show. Look, I'm a old school horror aficionado. I love my horror movies, t- television shows, novels, you name it. There are things in that show that make even me want to run screaming in the other direction. And I feel like we're at this really interesting point where the networks are willing to go a little bit further than we've usually seen them. And I think that is maybe something that's going to really pay off for Constantine. And I think that that's something that they're going to explore quite a bit with this. Because, like you said, Constantine's history is a character, a story that's filled with sort of that dark, gritty, Ooh. that's the world. It goes to some scary places. Absolutely. And we know already that they've sort of said they're not going to pursue, you know, uh, what his sexuality is. Right. In the comics, it's bisexual. Yep. How much of that will we see in a network TV show? I don't know. Let's wait and see. Uh-huh. We know that they're not going to be much smoking, but we saw him carrying a lighter the mm-hmm. whole episode, and we've already heard them talk about there's going to be some smoking. It'll, I really think that... If they don't shy away from the darkness, it's going to make this show better. I completely agree. Embrace it for what it is. So, any other news stuff for news? That's what I got. Excellent. Then let's move on to episode discussion. 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 Oh, that's a little throwback from Tony and I's old podcast. So uh, the title, Non Est Asylum, the title specifically means in Latin, there is no asylum. Correct. Which is pretty cool uh, based on where he goes with his life in this episode. Right, where the episode starts. Now, in general, folks, uh, we're not going to do a full episode recap unless we hear from a whole bunch of you that you really want one because we're going to assume that you've watched the episode. Uh, So we're going to talk spoilers and we're going to talk about what happened, but we're not going to do a full recap. Uh, Let us know, you know, in the comments or feedback if you really feel the need for one and we'll come up with one. Look, we love the sound of our own voices. If you want to hear us too, knock yourselves out. Lord. So... (laughs) 
<laughs> Joe, I'm going to give this, I, I'm vacillating, uh, which is a word that means going back and forth between. A Man, you know your Latin seven, like a Frenchman. I'll be over here if you need any Latin. I got no, nowhere to go uh, with that. <laughs> Uh, I'm vacillating between a 7.5 and an 8 out of 10 uh, demonic craters for this episode. I'm, I'm inclined to agree. Let's, you know what? I like the, the, the scoring of demonic craters. Let's, uh, let's keep that going. Well, at least for this episode. At least we'll for see, this one. You know, the next episode, we'll see what's uh, exciting in it. But I liked the episode a lot. I did feel it felt like... I did feel it felt like... Isn't a sentence. I'm not here to judge. I did feel it's not like I teach writing. That it suffered from a little bit of pilotitis. Yep. You know, as we talked about earlier, there were some things that were just a little rushed. There was some editing things. There were moments where I just yeah. went, wait, what? How just, did we end up? What? what? Are we, we're walking through the woods now? What happened to the... Okay. Yes. And we'll get to some of that, you know. We're but, just going to leave dead chess? Okay. Overall, right. Overall, I thought it set up who they were, what they were going to do, who the characters were, even though we're losing one. Right. Uh, I think, yeah. you know, I think they went into this thing knowing that, look, there's obviously going to be a lot of history, a lot of backstory. They're not going to be able to get into all of it in an hour's episode. I think for what they went into, knowing right off the top of the bat is we have to establish who John Constantine is and not necessarily his history, but who he is right now, right here, right now. His, yep. Because that is what in particular the fans are going to be looking at. Right. Absolutely. Is how close is this guy to the John Constantine we want to see? And they gave us that. I mean, they uh, really did. As we talked about in last week's episode, it picks up with him in, you know, Raven's car. Yep. Going through his shock therapy treatment because that he, he willingly has accepted. Yeah. He wants this. Mm hmm. And uh, I really liked that whole scene. I did too. I thought that that was fun. I liked the whole bit of him following the little cockroaches around, yep. finding the This woman. is not my problem. That whole opening chunk really set him up. Just his little uh, sarcastic, she did it. Right. Afterwards. Well, I think, you know, if, if you guys are anything like me, and I'm not the biggest fan, not fan, I like the comic book a lot, from, but I've not read very much of it. What I've read, I've loved. I just don't know it as well as perhaps a lot of you guys do. For me... What I love about John Constantine and what I've, I'm seeing the points of it in the show, and I really hope they actually go even further with it. I don't want a hero. That is not who I want in the show. I don't want altruism. I don't want nobility for nobility's sake. I want to see a morally questionable dude just trying to stay afloat. The less they make him a traditional hero, the happier I'm going to be with the Absolutely. show. Absolutely. And we saw some of that tonight already. Absolutely. We'll get to that when we get closer to the end. But right now, it's funny because he, in the DC Universe now, he's a member of Justice League, Justice Dark. League Dark, which officially makes him a superhero. True. But he's certainly not your average superhero. There was a moment in particular that I was like, there he is. There's John Constantine. Oh, yeah? And I hope that we see more of this. It's when he's talking to Dr. Ritchie. Yeah. And his willingness to just come. He talks about, boy, it'd be a shame if somebody told the authorities yep. about that thing that you did and you don't have an alibi. Totally it, says, I know you didn't kill that girl, but I'll make it look like you did. Right. His willingness to throw his own friend completely under the bus to get what he wants that's the Constantine I want to see. Yeah. That's that. I was just like, there it is. There's the guy. 
that's who he is for me, and I, I'd love to see more of that stuff. Yeah, no, it played nicely. I loved our introduction to, to Liv, yep. even though we know we're not going to see much of her. Yeah, no um, one say long live Liv, because... Uh, no. <laughs> she's gone! No. And I actually don't mind that. No, me neither. And, and we'll No get... offense, actress who played Liz, you were Liv, you were great, but... Yeah, she... I'm going to go... I'm going to go... Did you think great? Because I'm going to go less... I'm going to go okay. Dude, she's a second cousin. I'm trying to be nice. Oh, I had no idea. <laughs> that, none of that is true. I right. Don't, I don't think. <laughs> um, I actually... That was part of why I think that the character was rewritten. Yeah. I think not necessarily all of it, because you can completely see that the character had a purpose to serve, which was, tell me more, John. And right. then John would explain things. She's an... It's a... It, you know, and I get it. She's a traditional audience proxy. She is there. Right. We learn about that world as she learns about that world. I get it. That's great. It needs to be more than that. And you, I agree. We got some feedback when we get to feedback that really eloquently, you know, sort of laid out the idea that she stopped Constantine from being who he was a lot more than she yes. aided the story. Yes. You know, and, and I completely agree with that. And I also thought to be, and Listen, I'm a big fan of the show. I'm a big fan of genre TV. Me too. Um, but I'm not going to shy away a little bit from going, I thought this was dumb. Yep. You know, and what I thought was dumb, uh, not dumb, what I did not uh, like w- was her portrayal of Liv. I found it to be pretty lackluster. There wasn't a lot of highs. There wasn't a lot of lows. Her friend is... A mangled mess yeah. growling at her from the hood of a car, and she might as well have been looking at a vending machine trying to figure out which snacks she wanted for lunch. Very true. I mean, I got I, I got a sense of what purpose she served. I didn't know who she was, you know, other than I knew more I, I felt like I knew more about her dead father that we only see in a mirror for a split second than I did her. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm not gonna rag on her too much. I just had that feeling of, okay, I, I totally see that this character is not gonna work. And part of the character not working was that the actor there didn't breathe a whole ton of life into her either. Sure. But uh, I but think that's okay. You know, to kind of riff on you know what you're just saying there for a second though, I think I, I think having an audience proxy character is a very traditional way to do things, and that's not this is not a traditional show. I think, yeah, you you hit the nail on the head exactly. She talks about how she stopped John from being John. We don't want that. Yeah, absolutely. we want someone who will make John more John. Yeah, and so I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next week. We know they're bringing in Zed, who yes. we saw at the very end of the episode, um, right I'm out of the comics. Forward to uh, seeing and learning more about Chaz. Yeah, I love Chaz. I, I, I love him. Great. Yeah, absolutely. So once you know, speak, going back to uh, Talia, her friend growling at her from the hood of the car. That was, I liked Talia. We only knew her for a minute. Right. But it was funny. The, uh, one of the things that I agreed with in reading some of the reviews was that there was a little bit of scary in the episode, but not a ton. Not a ton. I would love for there to be more scary. The scariest moment for me was when Liv momentarily sees the ghost grandma with the black stuff oh, oozing yeah. out of her mouth. Uh-huh. That, that, unsettled me a yeah. moment for a moment just a moment absolutely um and but i did have that moment where i remembered seeing that and thinking "Ooh, more of this please right more like this right well and there were a couple for me and the two that were the most for me actually involved talia the first one was Ugh. in her 
apartment right before Talia is mangled by the demon. Right. The eye that appeared on the computer. <laughs> yeah, that was, was great. great. I jumped. That was great. I, I loved that. And then there was sort of I, I don't know is that a classic, but the the spooky, creepy in the back of the ambulance. The oh, the body, body bag? bag person flailing around, <laughs> and then everything goes dark. The ambulance driver turns on a light, and she's hovering there above him. Yep, that was scary. That was awesome. That creeped me out. Yeah, uh, people where people shouldn't be is that's a, that can be good for a scare, right? Especially hanging there with their head at awkward angles. You're yep. like, okay, that's not. So th- that was fun. I'm hoping there's more of those. You know, hopefully you guys are listening, people who create the show, and going, my God, Tony and Joe are right. We need more real scares. More scares, and we should pay those guys a lot of money to um, come help us write these. You know what? Let's get those guys over here right this second. Money. Here's your bag of money <laughs> with a little dollar sign on it. <laughs> Speaking of uh, the one of the moments with Talia, did you notice that when uh, after her van crashed into the rental place where Liv worked, and Constantine yelled at the demon, "Who sent you?" And the demon sort of shrieked and collapsed and all the electrical things popped and snapped. Yes. The remaining lights of the neon tube spelled out devil. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I thought that was fun. I had to rewind it to make sure. And it did. It was fun. Uh, I like that little thing. Speaking of other little fun things that happened, as they're driving in the car, Burning Ring of Fire was playing on down, the radio. Down, down. The, what, the song that they could not turn down. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I loved that because, you know, by the time we get to the NBA episode, that's what they're using yep. is a big burning ring of fire. And I thought, oh, that's fun. I like that. This is the kind of show that can get away with a certain amount of nod and wink. Speaking of that, Tony and I are both uh, nerds from way back. And <laughs> one of the things I particularly love about genre television, especially if it's a genre that I'm even remotely familiar with, I'm always looking for Easter eggs. I'm always looking for clues. I'm always looking for little things. Yeah. Did the little 10-year-old geek boy in me squeal with glee when she picked up Dr. Fate's helmet? It, I know. I absolutely did. Yeah, the helmet of Nebu. The and I love that he says, you better put, put that down, down before, before it puts, puts you, you down. down. That's great. Uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the comic, Dr. Fate is one of uh, DC Comics' most prominent supernatural spellcasty superheroes. And the helmet uh, actually bears the uh, spirit of Nebu, the ancient Egyptian sorcerer who created it. Yes, and, and it has a lot of personality of its own. And we're looking forward to bringing in Dr. Fate into this series Please. because it's there. First off, kudos, whoever is on the prop department, kudos. The helmet looked perfect. It really did it look It was good. spot on mm-hmm. perfect. And, and I don't know if you noticed, and I actually didn't notice initially, uh, I only noticed as I was doing some more research. There's another classic, both Marvel or I'm so sorry. Did you another say Marvel? Co- nope, I sure didn't. I can't even, uh, another I can't classic. Look, Marvel's better. That's where I grew up. What do you want from well, me? I can't. Eat. We're not. <laughs> I can't. Eat. I say that solely to get under Tony's skin. <laughs> um, one of the other classic DC, both television and comic book artifacts, was in Jasper's old chambers as well, which was the staff of Isis. Oh, I it's hidden it. off in the background. It's worth taking a look again to find it. Um, but yes, indeedy, the staff of Isis is also in there. Very cool. Isis, another uh, a, a character from the 1970s TV shows, but also a character, uh, sometimes hero, sometimes very scary villain in the DC comics as well. She showed up in JSA for a while yeah. and was not so nice. 
No, that's good. I didn't even see that one. Yep. Well, speaking of uh, Jasper's very cool house that I'm really hoping John keeps using. Right? It's so great. Now that Liv has left, and we've introduced that that's where the helmet of Dr. Fate lives. Right. So I really hope that he keeps using that place. I mean, just visually, it's so stunning. Absolutely. And it's a very different... I don't remember in the comics him having a place like that. Not really. I mean, he's a, he's a bit of a vagabond. And it, it, it could be that I, it's in one of the chunks of it that I never read, but I love that it existed. I thought it was a very cool place. Yeah. And, you know, look, a, a touchstone where we can go back and do our, you know, spooky, scary research. Great. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fun. Speaking of the house. Yes. There was... Another Easter egg thing in there for those of us who know DC Comics and their supernatural characters. There's a witch in the DC Comics, Zatanna, who, when she casts her spells, casts them by speaking backwards. Right. Written on the chalkboard next to Liv as she's looking at the map is backwards writing that actually says more than this if you read it backwards huh i don't know what it means i just know that when you read it it says more than this and it makes me want to know what's going to happen next oh my how did i miss that i just want to and maybe that's an old spell that jasper was working on with somebody i don't know but it was fun oh that's great don't know what more than this means but what I hope it means is that we're going to get to see Zatanna before long. Right. Because she's a great character. Yeah, also another member of the Justice League Dark and one, one has been a member longest, of the regular Justice League several times. She's been she's been part of the major DC universe for a very long time. And uh, she and... Stage magician and fishnets and a top hat. Constantine had a thing for They a while. sure did. So it, it, it bodes well that we're going to see her. I was excited to see her little backwards writing spell stuff going right. on. Uh, so what else? Uh, other things you loved about the episode? You know, right now, the things that are really landing for me are the main cast. I know we did not see a lot of him yet, but I love Chas. I think Chas is great. Yeah. He is a man of few words, but the uh, the gentleman that is playing him just exudes gentle kindness, even when getting skewered through the chest by an electric power line. Right. <laughs> uh, real curious to see how that all plays out. They now, talk about his survival skills. Yeah. And it was interesting because he said, Chaz is one of my oldest friends. Right. So we'll see exactly what type of immortality that leads to. It's that. And well, it's a part of me. It's like, oh, it makes sense to me that John Constantine's oldest friend is a guy who can't die, considering the number of John's friends who die. Right. It's like, yeah, yeah, I, he would benefit from having somebody who will not get exploded uh, yeah, facing every other thing that John Constantine faces. And there's a lot of backstory with Chess that can yeah. come in from the comics that it'll be great to see if they bring in. While we're talking about Chess and his skewering, I <laughs> want to bring up that that was one of the parts of the show that made me knock it down in the ratings. Oh, yeah? I have to be honest. I loved a lot of the action. I loved a lot of the, I thought the them being hit by the truck oh, was a very cool moment. Didn't see that one coming. I thought it was done well. And I thought that John's astral projection to Astra, his little out-of-body moment while he was unconscious there was very cool. Nice. But what I could have done without was the B-movie Attack of the Killer <laughs> Electrical Wire. I know that there was a demon who was controlling electricity and taking power from it, and that all came clear at the end, but the cheesy 
scary electrical wire bobbing and weaving just left me dry. You know, personally, I I, I am a playwright by nature and by uh, employment. And <laughs> there are so few roles for electrical power lines, Tony. I was just grateful to see one really get a chance to That is to fair. Shine. Diversity is important. <laughs> and I am sure that... All of the electrical wires in Hollywood were jumping to the bit to get that audition. <laughs> and the wire performed well. It did a great job. Uh, I just, it reminded me of a bad 1970s, one of those horror, totally horror movies hear, we yeah. used to watch on the weekends. Right, when you we could almost kids. see like the, the, the PA on the side with holding the little pull with the string yeah, maneuvering it, it around. There was a lot of cool effects in this episode. There were a lot of effects mm-hmm. I liked that were really nice. And this one just made me think, shake the wire more shake it more and i was like oh yeah that was me but then that whole little section had some problems because it was immediately following that where the editing and storytelling yes for a minute real herky-jerky yeah because the very next thing we watch chess get skewered and we then watch they're... live scream and cower and then we cut to commercial and we come back and they're walking is, is that the a woods. water wheel what am i looking at yeah whoa, whoa. what just happened we just let right we're going to be fine out here. What? After what just happened to Chaz? Yeah, back up to that. What did just happen to Chaz? Right. Did you just leave him there? Have you run away? How come you're sort of strolling through the woods to a house now? I actually did like scroll back and rewatch that moment because I was confident I had missed a scene. Right. Uh, and nope, nope. There is just walking to an old building in the woods with a water wheel. Okay. So, you know, I imagine there are chunks of that that are on the cutting room floor because they had to put in commercials and whatnot. Probably. And, okay. But, uh, that was one of the little sections that made me knock it down from a 10, sure. down to 7.5 or 8. You For know. sure. I'm just saying, still, lots of other wonderful things. And the other character we haven't talked about yet that I really liked was Manny. Manny! Harold Perrineau. You know, first, I, since uh, the old Romeo and Juliet movie of my high school days, um, Harold Perrineau is awesome. He's, He's great. just great in everything. Mm-hmm. I have suspicions about Manny. I am suspicions not. like what I there is a little part of me and I could be wrong. It's happened once. There is a little part Choosing of me to do this podcast. Is that, <laughs> is that the mistake? I was working really hard not to put that point on it, but all right. <laughs> um, well, I'm not convinced he's actually an angel. Oh, that is just a Joseph Settlemeyer personal theory or that he may be an angel along the lines of Lucifer, a fallen angel. Okay. Um, I am not convinced he is truly on the side of the angels. Interesting. Uh, I'll take that back because I say he is. Okay. We'll so see who's right. We'll have this, this ongoing thing. We'll see if we find out anytime soon. But uh, despite that uh, question, I liked him a lot. Oh, he's great. He's great. It's hard to go wrong with Harold Perrineau. I love the scene where he stops the rain. Yeah. Constantine's complaining about not having enough, enough time. time. And he just says, okay, here, I'll give us some. Yep. That was fun. So great. Uh, you know, and that's one of the things that's fun about this character is learning all the different things he can do. And the answer is lots. He right. can do lots of things. Yeah. You know, as he walks in and out of possession of the guard, uh, the bartender. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. You know, he's he's where he needs to be at any given time. And he's really – the thing that I'm so curious about is why they need this information. We established early on in the show that there's a lot of supernatural activity happening all over America. Right. But what does it all mean? Well, and that's the big, you know, the big question, something's coming. What's coming? Yep. You know, uh, he says from the bottom of the demon crater, what's next or whatever it is he says. Right. 
And that's the big question that I think is going to be the overarching seasonal arc for I this think so. that I hope we get to see the end of. I just, I feel like there's a big betrayal coming and I think it's Manny. Mm, could be. Interesting. Uh, speaking of... Um, well, not betrayals so much, but speaking of evil things, I liked at the end John having to sort of do battle with his own demonic self. Yep. Uh, which is actually, I don't a, know. A if change. You know. It was a big change. Originally, they had a, a completely bizarre looking demon. Yes. Uh, all CGI'd and big and scary, and they didn't like it. Yeah, and I haven't. Uh, a lot of folks have seen that leaked pilot yeah, episode. Yeah, I did not. I haven't seen it. I, I saw it online that I could watch it and decided not to because I'm not. Maybe I'll go back and watch it later. But I wanted to see what they wanted us to see. Yeah, you know, this is the story they wanted to tell. I wanted to see it. And one of the things that uh, I liked about having John versus John in that scene, though, was that that comes straight from the comics. Yeah, in Constantine Hellblazer, rather. Um, he winds up with sort of a demonic double of himself that is created, if I remember correctly, basically from most of his negative qualities yeah. that winds up residing in hell, going to hell for, in his place at one point, and now is there. And so it was interesting to see sort of a version of that appear in the pilot episode. I'm glad to hear that because I've got to be honest, when I see evil doubles, I start rolling my eyes. It is a well that we've gone to so many times sure. in the supernatural sci-fi genre thing. I mean, he was like, if he had had a goatee, I would have walked away. Um, <laughs> I would have loved it. I know you would have. screen goatee. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, the whole, I am your dark and evil self. It really, really, I mean, you, you might as well have had a name tag that said John's dark and evil self. I get it. It's yeah, well, super they, obvious. They, they make a point of that in the, yes. in the moment, you know, why he's there. But it's interesting because at one point, if I remember right, I have to go back because it's been a long, uh, mm, I think that he came about because John had to go to hell and had to leave, essentially was going to have to leave himself there and wound up leaving this oh, version I of himself there. I do remember reading about this. Yes, yes, yes. I think that's it. But either way, it'll be cool to see if that comes back. Sure. I, wouldn't, I don't hate the idea of seeing that on a semi-regular basis, you know. I, you know, as long as they do something interesting with it, that's my big thing because, like I said, this is – this. This is something we've seen a lot yeah, in the genre. Sure. Is the evil double, you know, it's it's done. Do something interesting with it. Now I will say, in that moment, that was one of the moments where I a little bit fell in love with Matt Ryan. One, I thought his portrayal of the evil John was great. That was fun. I also thought that his work as Constantine in the moment when he realized that he was being tricked, yeah. was fabulous. He, you know, first off, we see the character for who he is. Right. He's going to sacrifice Liv. He basically says, oh, you'll free the girl if I give you this one? Deal. Well, that's what that, the, that was the moment I liked the most because it yep. felt so true to John, is there was not a pause. He didn't stop to think about it. Right. The minute he was aware that if he gave the demon Liv, that he would get Astra back. Yeah. Didn't even think twice. Oh, then, oh, great. Here's Liv. Right. He just said, I hope he, you do have a long and happy said, life. Sorry. Yep. Uh, I'm very sorry. Yep. You're going to have to go live with him now. Yep. You know, which was a great moment. But then Matt Ryan killed it in that moment where uh, Liv says, wait, it's not her. 
and he realizes he's being tricked, that serious anguish that Constantine had, yep. that moment of you think you can mess with my life, I'm and watching him work to keep it under control hit that moment of I'm, I'm going to let her, I'm going to get her free and I'm going to get you. And you could, you know, yeah. he, that destroyed him. Yeah. Well, not just that, but watching, we got to see how hard it is for him to be him because yes. that destroyed him. He thought he was going to free this little girl and then he doesn't get to. And it was great because there was a moment where he, he you thought he was going to lose it because we got to see, not only is he a manipulator and a con man, but he does have feelings. Oh, yeah. That girl being there and it being his fault is destroying him all the time. Well, I think one of the things that's so interesting about the character is I, it, it feels to me like he doesn't particularly care about humanity as a whole. He cares about individual people. Maybe. That's where his investment is. And that's why he's willing, you know, I feel like that's why he's willing to do things like, you know, basically push live directly into the mouth of hell for the sake of saving this girl that he has, he's more attached to. He's got a, you know, he's got a stronger connection to, he's got this guilt, his personal history, you know? Okay, great. If this is all you want, here you go. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. It might, in some ways, I totally see what you mean. In other ways, it might be the exact opposite of it that, could be. though, because so many people he sacrifices to save the, the world. Greater good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, uh, who knows? We know he's got a few close relationships. We know he's had some. Jasper was one of them, and he clearly was, you know, she said, so you knew my father well, and he skirted the answer. He sure did. So we'll see. But the the idea that he knows he has to do this. Yeah. Isn't particularly happy about it, but does it right. is one of the things that makes him a great character. Well, and speaking of John's friends and whatnot, I would be remiss if I did not bring up one of my favorite parts of the show. Also played by one of my favorite actors of all time. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Davies is Dr. Richie Simpson. Um, yeah, he was wonderful. High hilarious. It's interesting. I feel like I'm watching him play a character who is a combination of Daniel Faraday from lost and Dickie Bennett from justified. Uh, in Lost, he played a brilliant physicist. In Justified, he played a pot farming, uh, sociopathic hillbilly. Sure. Uh, it's like, oh, you found a way to play both at the same time. Good for you, Mr. Davies. And we know that there's some great storylines oh. down the road for that character, yeah, too. Yeah, Richie has a fun journey in the comics, and I'm very hopeful. I'm, I'm very curious to see how it how it all goes. But it is, it's one of those characters. He, he jumped out enough in the few scenes he had in the first episode that I was kind of like, Oh, let's bring Richie back more. (laughs) Yeah. Now it'll be fun to have him. So then following that whole big, they beat the demon moment on the roof. I love that next chunk is the part that got completely rewritten. Yep. And reshot because after they had presented the pilot and got more episodes ordered, they realized they just couldn't make that character work. Yep. So they went back and reshot it. It felt a little clunky. It bugged me. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, I'm glad it did it. I understand why they did it. It bugged me. Yeah. It, it felt a little bit of uh, here's a 30 second wrap up for everything we've seen in the last hour. Right. Remember this character we asked you to invest in for the last 45 minutes? We're not even going to let you say goodbye to her. She's yeah. just gone. Right. Off stage. Shh, shh, shh. Don't, but, don't, don't look any deeper. Shh, shh, shh. Right. She's just gone. And that was it. I mean, if they had been able to do it, they normally you would at least see a goodbye exactly from the character. We didn't get that. That's fine. I like the direction the show's going to go, uh, and so I'm looking forward to seeing that. I also liked 
the reveal that Constantine set her up, engineered her departure by making her, yeah, having see Richie drive her out to the tragedy she'd predicted. Yeah, right. that was nice. Well, and you know, I, I, it sets. I mean, the last line. I mean, it kind of sums it up so well. Is who's crazy enough to work with me? Right. Uh, I will say that moment at the end was very cool. The the moment, but I was a little bit. I'm going to finish one sentence before I move to the other. Sure that, <laughs> I will say that moment at the end was very neat where he's walking down the alley, sees what appeared to be a deer head with blood on it or something. and Like you do in an alley. Like you do in an alley. And that to him was a sign of, oh, there's something evil going down here. I'd better prepare myself. And he opens up his Zippo and pours lighter fluid all over his hands and then lights it to scare away all the demons with guns who have surrounded him. Right. I think I was a little unclear. I, I, I'm glad you were because I wasn't totally positive what was going on either. All I knew was hands on fire and it looks cute. Right. And that was uh, <laughs> that was exactly the thing that they were going for, which right. was clear. And I thought, I think this works because it just looks cool. I'm not sure what that was. Right. <laughs> right. I hardly ever just walk down the alley and... <laughs> You know, light myself on fire. But also, I'm rarely in an alley with dead animals and guys surrounding me with guns. Right. So... I mean, the one time, but... This is what happens when you date an exorcist. I guess. Right? <laughs> Wait, are you dating him now? Well, you know. Maybe. So, one of the things I want to talk about, Joe, we didn't talk about last week, uh, was... And I realized we talked... We introduced the character in the podcast last week, and we did not talk about our superhero's powers, Oh, um, yeah. Which, <laughs> my I, bad. Uh, that was, whoops, you know. Well, I think there's still a certain amount of that in this show where we're not supposed to know. I, I think, think we, we will too. learn as we go. Now, some of the things that are clearly from his use of the dark arts were evident in this show. Yes. Um, being able to uh, speak spells, incantations, ward off evil spirits using uh, charms, the carving on the door, that yep. type of thing. Straight up exorcism. Right, straight up exorcism where he drives the demons out. But also in the comic book, he's got the, the biggest power that Constantine has is his synchronicity wave traveling. Oh, the synchronicity. The synchronicity wave traveling, like you do, where he basically makes his own luck. Right. And can make things go his way. He can adjust, yeah, he can adjust reality ever so slightly to make things go the way he wants. And that's to. essentially his biggest power, yep. but other things that he's done, he can cast illusions. He And we saw a little bit of necromancy in this episode in Speaking to the Dead. Right. He's been able to turn himself invisible and in the comic he's used magic to time travel too yep so it'll be interesting to see if any of that shows up now after that was all during hellblazer after the new dc uh the new 52 in the dc universe where they sort of revamped everybody's backstories right all of the heroes backstories got a little tweak uh he also developed um, teleportation and telekinesis and the ability to immobilize people and some of their like a few other, I think, offensive, um, you know, weaponry type nice skills. But I, who knows how many of those are going to appear in this show? We still really aren't clear if much of the new Fifty Two slash Constantine slash Justice League Dark stuff is going to leak into this. Or no if, clue, you know. And it'll be great to find out. I'm looking forward to seeing how much of that comes up. So, so there you go. There is a rundown of his. Uh, his collection of powers, and we're hoping to see uh, at least a few more of them show up over the next few weeks. Would be fun. Oh, I'm sure we will. So that's episode recap. Any further episode recap stuff, Joe? Nope. Excellent. And now 
now it's time for Myth Adventures, the part of the show where we pretend we know stuff. Uh, 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 Master of the Dark Arts. Uh, uh, um, Master of uh, the Dark Arts. Fancy book learning. Fancy book learning. All right. There were a couple things we looked up to just chat about that came from this episode. And the first was the one we just talked a minute ago about them carving into Liv's door. The Eye of Horus. And we looked it up and here's definition for you. Dun, dun, dun. The Eye of Horus is an ancient Egyptian symbol of protection, royal power, and good health. So it's a thing that actually exists. Yep. And wasn't just made up for the show. Horus was a real Egyptian god. And I'm sure there are more things that looked, happened in the show that we could have uh, done some research on. I only did a couple of them. Uh, but the other one that I really wanted to find out more about, because having read the comics, I, I never actually looked this up, but Nergal is an actual deity. Absolutely. Deity? And an ancient demon, I want to say, is it Mesopotamian? Uh, yes, it is. in fact is. Bam. Let me read this for you. Nergal is actually in part a solar deity. Is it deity or deity? Tomato, tomato. All right, I'm going to say God. Nergal <laughs> actually is in part is in part a solar god, but only a representative of a certain phase of the sun. Portrayed in hymns and myths as a god of war and pestilence, Nergal seems to represent the sun of noontime and of the summer solstice that brings destruction. High summer being the dead season in the Mesopotamian annual cycle. He was also the one who presided over the netherworld and who stands at the head of the special pantheon assigned to the government of the dead. This is a big thing because that actually comes into play in the comics. And I am really excited to see how much it comes into play in this show. Yeah. Because he's basically, he, John Constantine, has basically declared war on him now after this whole incident where he's messing with his life. And it'll be great to see where he goes. Well, declaring war on an ancient demon is only going to go well. Yeah, you can't. How, how bad can that be? Yeah. yeah. But I, things seem to be going swimmingly so far. <laughs> ancient god of hugs and cuddles. Right. <laughs> Uh, So also something to watch out for. He's often uh, portrayed with the image of a lion or a rooster or a a combination of the two. And so uh, we'll have to watch for those symbols in the show Ah. and see if we see any Nergal symbolism going on. The more you know. And that is your myth adventure for the day. (sighs) Next, Joe, how about some feedback from our fellow fans? Let's do it. My name is John Constantine. Here's where you can reach me. Something big's on its way. We did get some wonderful feedback this week. Uh, DC Fum said, It's a good show, but I do not know anything about Constantine and would like to learn more about it. And so I agree. I think that that's one of the fun things that's going to happen is we're going to learn a lot more about it. I think I'm reading your intention correctly. I think that means you want to watch more of the show and learn more about him. I would encourage you go read some Hellblazer as well, uh, because uh, you'll learn a lot about him through those. I'll tell you, I have begun a crash course on all things Constantine in the last couple <laughs> weeks. Boy, I can tell you why that comic lasted 300, 350 issues. Uh, wow. Yeah. It's just real good. Pretty great stuff. It's just real, real good. And so you can read Hellblazer or... Uh, DC, the, you could also just grab some of the current 
Justice League Darks or the Constantine or comic. the Constantine comic itself that DC is putting out, and that's a, and a slightly different version of him, but it still is exists and is there and is great fun. Go back and read Hellblazer; it's really good. Uh, Joe said Hellblazer's better. I really like Hellblazer. I agree. Also, feedback this week, Janet enjoyed it, but was glad that Liv isn't staying because she thought she was, quote, a bit of a dud, unquote. You are not wrong. Yeah. You are not wrong. I agree, Janet. That was my feeling. We talked about it a little bit. Um, And so I'm glad to see what comes next. Alida also sent in some feedback on our Facebook page and said she's looking forward to the next episode. She's another vote that she was glad Liv was only there for the pilot. She said, quote, I can see how they found her useful, but I think it kept Constantine from being himself. And I loved that because I feel like that is exactly it. Yeah. We, you know, those of us who are fans, both of the comic book, and I think of just genre television in general, we don't want to see a character held back, particularly someone like John Constantine. His personality is so vital to who that character is. Yes. Uh, his attitude, his, you know, kind of gruff moral ambiguity, ambiguity, that's who he is. That's who we want to see. I don't want to spend an entire season watching him babysit someone and learn what it means to really be a good human being. (laughs) I don't care about that. That's not what I'm interested in. That's That's a journey I've seen a thousand times. Yeah. What I want to see is John Constantine being John Constantine. And I really feel like the, and that's one of the things that uh, David Goyer and Daniel Cerrone talked about, uh, about the introduction of the character of Zed. Yes. Is they felt like they wanted a character who could go toe to toe with Constantine. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're going to get with Zed. I really think so. I think. She is, yeah, not only going to prevent him from being Constantine, but if anything, help make him more so. Absolutely. So thank you, DC, Janet, and Alita for your feedback. Uh, If you're listening, please feel free to send in feedback about this episode or next week's episode. We, the show airs on Friday and then we record Sunday evening. So you've got from Friday night through Sunday afternoon to send feedback in. We would love to hear from you. So we love feedback. We super love it. Oh, we want to share in uh, what you guys think. So you can get in touch with us over Twitter at Constantine GSM. And you can also go to goldenspiralmedia.com slash Constantine and check out uh, the whole page on Golden Spiral Media. But there's also goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback, which is the page to go to do feedback for any of the Golden Spiral Media podcasts, of which there are some wonderful comics podcasts. Oh, we, yeah. We talked about them last week a little bit, but I'm going to point out again, Gotham, Flash, Arrow, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., all of those comic-based TV shows have podcasts at Golden Spiral Media. And I was corrected by Ruthie. Thank you, Ruthie. She's dead on. That Walking Dead is also a comic book-based TV show, which I knew, and I'm embarrassed that I forgot to mention it last week. Sorry. Hey, man, we're, we're not here to judge. Right? There's no judging. Circle of love. So well, please check out all of those podcasts because they're all terrific. They're all wonderful. And if you're a fan of this kind of show, uh, you are going to love listening to those guys as much as you love listening to us. Probably not more. I, that's my borderline impossible. But as much. Yeah. And if you go to the Golden Spiral page, you'll even find 
pictures of Tony and I and little blurbs telling you a little bit more about us. So that's got to be incentive. <laughs> Joe, we're trying to drive I people. actually heard the phone click. Right? We're trying to drive people to the website. <laughs> Lord. So listen, ladies and gentlemen, that's what we've got. Uh, pretty solid premiere episode. Yep. For Constantine, we're hoping it's a solid episode of the podcast. Please send us some feedback. Let us know what you think. We are looking forward to next next week's episode, which airs on Halloween. And we're looking forward to hearing from all of you guys. Thanks for being with us. See you guys later. Bye-bye.